When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We recurrently update our work, including our strategic plan, whose priority areas will inform my discussion today. And the strategic plan also serves as a guide in crafting our annual budget. Uh, video's still out there. You can find it. Uh, his own personal social media, the athens Clark County government website, YouTube channel, and the rest of it. Mayor Kelly Gertz there, his uh, State of the Community Address, what, 14, 15 minutes in length, and it uh, talks a lot about the strategic plan and some of the other issues that we will address this morning as we are joined in studio by Mayor Kelly Gertz. Mayor Gertz, thanks for your time this morning. Glad to be here, Tim. Good to see you bright and early. Uh, first of all, tell me, yeah, a late night for you uh, down at City Hall last night, almost midnight, dealing with commission matters, and a lot of that time, and let's just start here a lot of that time taken up with the the public comment and much of that taken up with property appraisals property bills and people not liking their assessments and people not liking what they're going to pay even as the budget is proposed by you and commissioners will adopt in a matter of weeks does not raise the millage rate my bill still gone up and yes. up and up so we have, of course, a dynamic in this community, like in so many magnetic places where people love to live, um, where construction has not kept up with the increase in human population or the increase in jobs. Uh, and we know that creates a supply and demand imbalance. Uh, and thus, in market terms, you've seen existing properties become much more valuable. You, you see the price tags on them at the curb. You see the lines of people who are standing in front of properties ready to purchase them. Uh, and, and so that means valuation is up. That means uh, that, of course, in raw dollar terms, you may be paying more taxes based on your individual dynamics. Now, there was some uh, much of the comment last night blaming the folks behind the rail for some of this. That Well, it's, it's your own regulatory impulses that have kept the market from keeping up? I'd, uh, I'd, I'd compare positively what we've done in Clark County with our neighbors. If you look at our increase in housing stock relative, again, to the increase in population or the increase in jobs, you know, and I think if you look at Jackson County or Oconee County, our housing stock rise and the variety of housing stock, you know, for folks who might be working over at the Target, for folks who might be working at any of those manufacturing or biotech facilities or distribution facilities, uh, you know, we've worked to take care of the full population. Obviously, we would all wish that we could snap our fingers and just make more housing appear. We know we're in a time when you've got supply chain challenges and labor challenges. And so even things that are permitted are not coming out of the ground quite as quickly as they may have done a decade ago. Uh, in terms of the millage rate, and again, the proposal right now, and all of this is still in flux, but the proposal right now is to leave it unchanged. That's and, right, 13.1. Yelling last night to roll it back. Is, is that something that could happen? Well, one of the things that happens in terms of just the sequence of timing is that I propose a budget and then just a few weeks later, we get some final dollars from the tax assessor's office based on their anticipation of what the digest is going to yield. So right now, we've got about 4.7 unallocated dollars that the commission is wrestling with how to manage. 
I could anticipate them funding some additional things like managing employees' health care costs so that employees don't see a rise in their health care costs. I could see them providing some additional raises for our public safety officers and our line employees and potentially rolling back the millage rate somewhat. Uh, But we're going to see this unfold. There's going to be a meeting tomorrow, Thursday night. There'll be a subsequent meeting next Tuesday and potentially a meeting next Thursday as well if those final details don't have some commission. And what was that figure again? Somewhere between four and a half, five million dollars? Yeah, about $4.7 million of unallocated funds now uh, that, that the commission is wrestling with. And if you do look at where our budget has risen, last year's budget versus the one that I've proposed, it's almost all encumbered by health care costs, employee raises, and public safety. So we're proposing to enhance some fire department services, particularly in the medical realm. And so that's really the bulk of the raise right there, which as you look at, at the nation, and of course, if you look at something like inflation and the CPI, it's broken up by sectors, right? So you've got fuel, you've got housing costs, you You've got labor, and and it's healthcare costs, it's labor, and uh, those are things that people care about. How many employees? How many government employees? Athens Clark County government now uh, about seventeen hundred positions, mm-hmm. and we know that public sector and private sector alike, it's harder and harder to get folks. There's the great retirement. You know, immigration has not kept up with the rise in uh, number of employees like it had in some decades past. So we've only got about 1,450 people actually working right now, uh, and we've got a couple hundred positions unfilled. Mayor Kelly Gertz in studio with us this morning. All right, much of the talk last night from people who own homes, uh, people who live in homes, and, of course, the other side of that coin, people who don't. Uh, the homeless encampment and the situations has unfolded there in recent weeks. Charles Hardy, if you hadn't heard, Charles Hardy is out. Uh, any number of controversies, and, and we touched on these the last time we talked. Well, the chickens have come home to roost, convicted on some assault charges that involved, uh, we're told, a resident of that encampment off Barber Street. He's out. What's next? Well, as you noted, um, we have a legal responsibility to allow due process to unfold, and due process has unfolded. And based on the terms of the contract with Athens Alliance Coalition, we couldn't have anybody on site who had had a present and active guilty finding uh, for a criminal act. And so uh, Mr. Hardy uh, is, is no longer employed uh, as camp director uh, by first step. What you do have is you've got a board with fiduciary responsibilities, and that board has taken that seriously. I've met with them uh, twice in the last week. They intend to continue to operate the camp uh, with a replacement. Now, this is happening at the same time we've just gotten an audit of camp activities. And if you look at the activity, it's very interesting, Tim. You know, now, I was world- reading the flagpole yesterday, yep. Chris Dowd and Blake Odd, and, and they're the, the, the exhaustive but, but well-researched That's piece right. and some really alarming things in there. there. There are, and the world is not black and white. You have shades of gray. And so what you have is a camp where physically – You've got people well cared for. I invite anybody to visit How many the camp. Are given? About, about 50 55. Um, you know, lo- looks much like what you would think of a military camp looking like, like, you know, like the old MASH TV show. Um, but data tracking, uh, financial management has not been where it needs to be. And so what we need to do is we need to see those bookkeeping elements rise up to the level of the physical state of the space. And, of course, what is coming to a head is that that contract ends on December 31st, and we're going to have to make some decisions about what the next wave of 
higher quality service provision is going to be for our unsheltered neighbors. There's also the matter of funding. Uh, so much of this was was federal funding. American Rescue was it American Rescue Plan American Rescue Plan Act. That's well, that, right. That, those aren't forever. So what happens next? Th- that's right. So we have about five million dollars set aside for step two. What, what's happening after this? We've uh, we've spent a little over one point two million dollars thus far on camp operations, and so it may be that we don't spend everything that was initially allocated. So that five million dollars may grow a little bit. Um, but already we have gotten from our consultant as we're putting together a long-term homeless support plan in conjunction with a lot of our nonprofit partners. We'll probably be seeing something like a more structured environment, purchase of a hotel, uh, building of units that have, you know, more a small efficiency characteristic and places where people can just continue to get that behavioral health support that we know so many people on the street need. Tough, tough question here to close, and we'll take a break and come back and deal with some other matters here. But but I did want to get this. I know it's a huge question. You can spend the rest of the morning answered. I know from my own work with The Bigger Vision, you, you, you don't it's not binary. It's solved now or it's not solved now, the problem of homelessness and the people who are in mm-hmm. it. Uh, some successes, some failures. But but the effort so far, how would you assess it? I, I would assess it as a growing positive environment. And, and you're right, Tim. You know, supporting the homeless population is not like putting a new roof on a building. It's not like putting in a new sewer line where, hey, problem exists, problem solved, job done. That's that's exactly right. It's ongoing. And I always point to the preventative work that keeps people from ending up in those circumstances in the first time. As somebody who, as you know and listeners know, spent 20 years working with teenagers in this town, I want to make sure that those young people are well supported as kids. I want to make sure that as we are working in conjunction with the Chamber of Commerce, the business community, and other nonprofits, we're getting them into good jobs and say don't hit the streets. And I'll close with a quick story. I was walking near Bigger Vision, as I often do, and I met a young person who said, Mr. Gertz, I've seen you out here a bunch, and, and I've been embarrassed to speak to you, but I knew you when you were a teacher at Coyle Middle School, and I just want to appreciate you helping us out, but I, I just have not been able to come up to you because I hate the state I found myself in. And we've got so many folks like that who, when they were 13, had some promise, but when they were 25, they'd hit the skids. We need to more positively bridge that gap. Mayor Kelly Gertz, the briefest breaks, back with more Classics in today. WGAU. Yeah, John. Um, so y'all mentioned Virginia, Kentucky, and Florida were the other um, states. How many um, fire departments or municipalities do y'all have in those? Because that's one thing we're having trouble with. There's only two in the state of Georgia. And we're just curious what the other states are doing. Commissioner John Culpepper, a recent commission work session, was speaking there with the fellow from the IFAA, International Firefighters Association. Now, the effort to unionize firefighters in Athens is an ongoing effort. Uh, the commission, and help me get the history here correct, but my understanding is back in, I think, late last year, December, commission signed off on this, giving the firefighters, athens Clark County Fire Department, approval authorization to unionize. Something that's a quirk of state law. Uh, only firefighters in the public safety sector can unionize and athens clark county firefighters want to commission signed off on it but the mayor mayor kelly gertz a veto in december and now it's coming back again possibly action in june we'll see mayor kelly gertz first of all why the veto well, well j- just just one clarification the union exists already they can unionize the question is really over 
will they be able to be emboldened to collectively bargain with the local government? So that's really Which kind is of the, the purpose of it. You, they're they're seeking to get around. What I've said again and again is I, I can't empathize more with our firefighters around the daily challenges of their existence. But what I've got to be able to do is offer the same bite at the apple to the firefighters as is offered to the police department and to the solid waste folks who are working on the back of those trucks and our landscaping management crews and folks working at the jail and folks who are working in in public transit and repairing buses. You know, we need to look at our full employees, those folks who I mentioned right before the break, and make sure that everybody has the same portal and the same outlet to engage with management and to engage with the, the, the mayor and commission. Um, I, I don't want to set up a two-tier process where you have some that are enabled and others that are not. Well, that's a matter, as we say, of state law. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think for some reason, I'm thinking that dates back to Jimmy Carter as governor. Yeah, early yeah. 70s, yeah. And, and, and you and I have been around the block a lot. We know there's a lot of quirky state mm-hmm. law in, in any legislative session. There are all kinds of things that get embedded in state law. Uh, I mean, if you would look at uh, the volumes of state code, uh, it, it would consume a bookcase fit for a library. Uh, and, and so this is a quirk of state law, uh, as I think uh, noted in uh, Commissioner Culpepper's comments. Only two local governments in Georgia out of 159 counties and more than 500 Put you on the spot. Do you have to know where those are? I do, yeah. The city of Atlanta and city of South Fulton. Okay. So what do we learn from their experience? Well, they are very new, interestingly enough. So Atlanta has not yet even finalized the first round of collective bargaining with their fire department. They've only been in this for a couple of years. What is, and, and just as a, as a matter of compiling a budget, help me understand, make the distinction between the normal process, the way you'll, you'll hear from the police chief, and you know, I need this amount of money, and you'll say, well, you get this amount of money. That's, that's the normal budget process. What's the difference between that and collective bargaining? So in the normal process, you have every department director, and, and so that's the police chief, the fire chief, the director of solid waste, the mm-hmm. director of transit, who compiles their needs for staff and material and capital projects, and they submit that to the manager. The manager reviews that, compiles it, and submits it to me. And then the commission gets, uh, gets an opportunity to look at that afterwards. In the collective bargaining process, you would separately have an employee representative who is not a member of the management of the firefighters separately go to the manager and say, here are the things that we would like. A a union boss, for lack of a better word. Yeah, union boss. Correct. Okay. Where is this now? Again, you had the meeting and the firefighters were there and you heard from the Firefighters Association. The commissioners had their say. Is this going to, last night was an agenda setting session and I should know this. Did, is this on the agenda so for June? this is on the agenda. So June 6th, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see final action on that. And, and where are you? I mean, if this, okay, they pass it again and you're going to veto it again. Of course, it takes, what, seven commission votes to override? To take, take seven uh, to, to be veto proof. And, and um, I'm situated like I always have been. I want to make sure there's a common platform. And so what I've done is uh, assign the Government Operations Committee, comprised of half the commission who who makes policy and internal uh, protocol for the government, with saying, how do we support 
all of our employees? How do we make sure there's something like an employee senate so everybody can let us and let the manager know what their needs are? And those may be needs around health care. Those may be needs around equipment that people uh, require to do their job most effectively. Uh, again, that level playing field is what I see. Yeah, what I didn't hear was whether you plan to veto it again. If it, I, I would veto it again. Be, and, and, and just, again, yes. procedurally, it takes seven votes. And it, okay, if there's seven or eight or ten votes, I mean, I suppose you could veto something that should just be kind of pointless, wouldn't it? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not into tilting against windmills. I don't have the energy for that. Uh, if it's seven votes, it's seven votes, and we'll move on. And, and that's one of the things that you learn in any organization and certainly in government is that you can have some disagreements and – Maybe these are not the most monumental disagreements in the world. They're not things that people are not needing to take into the next conversation. And I'm always looking forward to the next conversation because we've got so much good work to do. And a lot of that work, let's touch on some of it, Mayor Kelly Gertz, in the moments we have left here. Site selection on a couple of fronts, a judicial center, whatever we're going to end up calling it, East Side Library uh, site selections and some public input being sought on both of those things. That's right. And these are both SPLOS projects from the 2020 SPLOS package. I'm really excited about both. Um, you know, we, we know that we're in just a cost challenge environment. We we're talking about housing a little bit ago and uh, the impact of construction costs on getting any new thing built. And, and that involves our projects as well. So we're finding that the SPLOS dollars won't get us as much of a judicial center uh, as we had hoped when those cost figures were put together. And, and just to back up for folks who are just catching up, the plan is to move some of the functions out of the courthouse downtown. Yeah, I, ideally we would have all of the court functions and all of the associated offices like the solicitor and like the DA and like the clerk of courts in a new building. And then we would backfill the existing shell of the courthouse with all of our other county departments so you can get a business license and a construction permit and you can pay your taxes all in one space where you got to go to three different places right now. Now, it's going to be challenging to get there given the environment we're in around construction, um, but I am uh, committed to whipping out all the stops to make sure we can do that. And I think we can. We've got some other tools in, in our box, including the tax allocation district that uh, part of downtown includes, where I the think Eastern we can make part. this happen. That, yeah. That's exactly right. So, more to be announced there, uh, but you can go to our website. You can type into the search bar Judicial Center, and you'll see the site selection process unfold there. We've got eight candidate sites that staff has identified. On the east side, we're going to be building not only a new branch of the library that I'm really excited about, but also a youth development facility because we want those kids who live near Cedar Shoals Drive and Gaines School Road and Lexington Highway to be able to walk to a place where they can hang out and work out and learn on the weekends and evenings and summer times. And we want that library, ideally these two things, the library and the youth development center are co-located. So we take advantage of common parking and common stormwater and all those sorts of things. But this is really going to be a boon for life on the east side of Athens. Mayor Kelly, mentioning the courts, it's funny. I, I got, I, she sent me the email, I guess it was Monday, got the email from from Beverly Logan. She's going to retire, step she down is. as clerk, of course. She sends me that on Monday. On Tuesday, I get a jury summons from Beverly Logan. So I've, I've heard from her twice in the last couple You know, I, th- that's what you can say about every one of our employees is that no matter whether they're moving on to something else or retiring, they're at it until their last moment, my friend. Uh, and I understand now the news this morning is that there'll be a special election, but before that or in the interim will be an interim clerk. And, and that right. person got till Monday. If I want to be the interim clerk, I have till Monday to basically apply for the job. The commission make the selection? How's that going to work? Uh, no, 
I, I believe that selection is made by the probate judge. Okay. Uh, s- s- state law we talked about earlier sure. has any number of quirks. So mm. every one of these independently elected officials has some different path to victory. And that is the one for the clerk of courts. <laughs> Again, a, a constant flux here. By the way, if you've not, and there's a lot that we covered and some that we didn't in our conversation with Mayor Kelly Gertz, uh, go to the Athens Clark County government website, his Facebook, YouTube, the rest of it. Find that video, the State of the Community Address. It'll take about 14 and a half, 15 minutes of your time. Well worth it. Mayor Kelly Gertz, best of luck moving forward. Thanks for rolling out here this morning. Thanks, Tim. Good to see you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.